Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Talking Tuesday morning, you Birds fans. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here for the next couple hours in the midst of an offseason where it's a, a good week for info and or at least opinion because the NFL uh, team meetings are going on out in Arizona. Uh, so we heard from Harry Roseman yesterday. We expect to hear from both Nick Sirianni and uh, Jeff Laurie today, the main movers and shakers of the Philadelphia Eagles. Will they tell us anything? Uh, how he spoke yesterday, and I'll get Johnny Mac's opinion on this in a second. My opinion is in no new news. That, not surprising. I didn't think how he was going to have a uh, barn burner of a uh, announcement to make, but I gave you a little bit of the State of the Eagles address, which uh, told us a lot of stuff that we already knew. Or maybe I'm just uh, missing the point on this, John McMullen. Did I miss? Did Howie Roseman say anything that just went over my head that I missed out on? Uh, no, he played the hits. Uh, I like to call him. He he, uh, um, you know, reiterated, which you know, for some reason people don't listen to. Offensive, defensive line first. Uh, reiterates that time and time again, but for whatever reason. Uh, people don't latch on to it, or at least some people. Uh, we kind of knew what went on with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He pretty much uh, confirmed that. Uh, you know, Eagles wanted him early. He thought there was more money out there. By the time he circled back, Eagles had already pivoted towards uh, Darius Slade, James Bradbury. There was only a, a certain uh, amount of money uh, budgeted for that position. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, they want an extension done with Jalen Hurts. Big shocker there. Um, 
maybe the most interesting thing is uh, the move, because so many people are obsessed with it, the move from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai. If you don't believe me, he was asked flat out, are you starting from scratch uh, as far as knowing what kinds of players you want to prioritize? Uh, I don't think so, Roseman said. I think that a lot of things that Sean wants to do are things that JD, JG wanted to do. I think that there's a lot of carryover from those positions. I don't think it's dramatic. Same defense, same scheme, uh, different guy running it. And it changes a little bit as we talked about. Same thing with the play caller. When you shifted from Nick Sirianni to Shane Steichen, it was different but it's the same offense. You're going to get the same defense. It's going to be a little bit different, uh, but you're going to get the same defense. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about the the signings, the safety linebacker positions. He, he actually used the term lottery tickets when describing the Rashad Pennies and Justin Evans's of the world. And that's what they are. Um, and he made it very clear that, look, they're in a different phase uh, when it comes to roster building because you have to pay the quarterback. None of this is a surprise, or none of this should be a surprise. Be. Right, right. Um, and that's where the Eagles are. And and by the way, most of the betting markets put out their, their over-under win totals, and the Eagles are still a significant contender, 10.5. I think there were three teams ahead of them. That's it. And only one team in the NFC. So what does that tell you? They came out of this pretty good. They they expected to lose certain players. I think if you go, I always say the best thing about Howie Roseman as a GM is the contingency stuff. You know, when plan A doesn't go right. Like his plan A was we're going to get CJ back. Didn't go right, and he pivoted. Uh, a lot of GMs sort of freeze when they have to pivot because nothing ever goes 100%. Um, and, and he knew. He was going to lose Javon. He knew he was going to lose Isaac. And, um, you know, he knew. I didn't know he was going to lose TJ. They just didn't have interest at that number. Um, for the most part, things went as expected. Now, guys got to step up. Cam Jurgens has got to play well. Kobe Dean's got to play well. Uh, Milton Williams has got to play well. These younger players, they have to step up, and that's – that's the more difficult part of it. Right. But, you know, when I, I look at the, the the owners' meetings, Jody, and and the, the best evidence is Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. We we all saw the Lamar Jackson. The minute John Harbaugh sits down, he, he, he sends a social media post about requesting a trade on March 2nd. I don't think that was a coincidence. But my larger point is, as good as how he is, and remember, I'm the guy who said he was top five before most people thought he was top five. Um, he's got that luxury of Jeffrey Lurie. Man, these GMs got it tough. When they got to deal with you, you got to deal with Aaron Rodgers, and your guy, Joe Douglas, is now going to have to deal with it because eventually that's going to have to happen. Um, and Brian uh, Gutekunst. And Eric DaCosta, who's sober, you got to deal with this stuff. It is a very, very, very difficult job. Right. And the Eagles went through it just a couple of years ago with Carson Wentz. And yeah. had to move on from him and take a massive dead salary cap hit because of it. So it isn't like the Eagles are immune from it. 
But your point of, yeah, Jeff Laurie rolls with the punches. He doesn't call the general manager and scream at, how did you get us into this mess? And I says, well, how do we get out of it? And they, they move on with their business thereafter. So you're right to give uh, Laurie credit for that. We're uh, expecting to hear from Jeff Laurie today, which should be entertaining. Um, one of the, the main things you hit on that I do want to double back on is the uh, change in defensive coordinator and the fact that, at least according to Howie, don't look for massive changes. The defense is what the defense is. Our new DC looks at things a lot like our old DC did. Um, I, I certainly understand that that is the case. But the signing they did over the weekend at least gave me hope that maybe there'd be some more flexibility with this year's defense. You sign a guy like Edmonds, who's a good, solid starter, you get him for relatively cheap, two, less than $2 million uh, for a guy who started almost every game for the last five years for a good defense. That's pretty damn good signing. That's where Howie's Howie. And he, he is able to negotiate these uh, pretty uh, good contracts, team-friendly Eagle contracts for a guy like him. He's not the type of safety that the Eagles have been using the two years under Jonathan Gannon. So that does fly in the face of, uh, here's our defense. We're going to get players who do exactly what we want in that defense. It seemed to me like they compromised a little bit with a guy like Edmonds. And I was hoping that was showing flexibility from Sean Desai. That was one of my few knocks on Jonathan Gannon was he was always trying to put a round peg in a round hole and was never willing to shave it down to get that square peg to go into that round hole. No, either you play the defense the way I want it played or you're not going to be able to see the field. Uh, how he put a little bit of a damper on that yesterday. All defense is going to be exactly the same. Um, I, I'm not looking for massive changes. I'm not looking for Sean Desai to come in here and say, we're going to play a completely different defense. We knew it wasn't the case. We knew that he's a uh, disciple of uh, the type of defense that they play. But I just was looking for a little bit more flexibility. Do you think how he took that off the table with what he said yesterday? Uh, no, uh, because, it, you know, it, from your standpoint, like I get it, you're going from where they were last year versus where they were year one to year two. Like I would call it force flexibility. Um, there might be more force flexibility in that fact that they don't have the player to play what they want to do. So they play it a little differently. Like I get, you go back to what I'm trying to say is I'm not doing a good job of it. If you go back to 2021, well, Gerard Avery didn't play like Hassan Reddick. They didn't play the same defense. They didn't play. They didn't say, well, we need a Hassan Reddick, but we don't have Hassan Reddick. So we're just going to play Gerard Avery like we would play Hassan Reddick. But that was the first year. So I don't think. People notice it as much because you got that player and then they played the way they wanted to play and they should because Hassan Reddick was a defensive player of the year candidate. He had a tremendous, tremendous season. But if he had signed a one-year deal and he was out the door like C.J. Gardner-Johnson and you had to go back with some run-of-the-mill player, well, you're going to play differently. But that's forced flexibility you don't want to do it so you know when you when you talk about and i can't prove this but my guess is they would when howie was talking about lottery tickets they would hope that the lottery ticket that hits at safety is justin evans more than terrell edmonds because justin evans in theory 
from what he was before the injury, what he was coming out of college, is the type of safety they want to play with. Now, we'll see what happens when, when people get on the field. Um, at this stage of the game, though, and how we also said with limited resources, you got to do what you got to do. And maybe they said, well, this is the best guy we can get at this number. And maybe you have some forced flexibility and you have to pay, play differently until the next offseason, maybe not even the next offseason, maybe a trade, maybe another CJ-like trade. Who's CJ this year? Can you get somebody on August 30th who can fit the scheme? Right. I don't know. Um, so there might be some more forced flexibility. Like, I don't think Sean decided Jonathan didn't do it. For all the people who want to say he didn't do it, they thought there's a lot of fans who thought the Eagles changed defensive schemes from year one to year two. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't play what they wanted to play as much in year one because they didn't have the players to do it. So there was forced flexibility from what he wanted to do. And I think you might see the 180 back to that, but not, not because they want to do it. Not because they want to do it, is how I would explain it. And uh, even though uh, somebody, who who do we have on yesterday, who uh, laid it out well that uh, there will be a love affair with Sean Desai until the games actually start. That yeah, uh, Jeff, 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 Jeff Mosher. Mosher, very good. Yeah, Mosher said uh, that everyone would just uh, flat out love him because his name's not uh, Gannon. Uh, so uh, up until the Eagles play their first game, Sean Desai is going to be phenomenal and uh, be uh, well received by every single Eagle fan on the planet. And then. If they don't blitz twenty-seven times the first week, it's gonna be this guy's not aggressive. Well, that that I guarantee isn't happening. That I right. guarantee. Uh, but the only thing I was saying, Sean decides defense because at some point, yeah, the worm will turn. Um, he doesn't have the resources that Jonathan Gannon had. Howie Roseman did the job, went out and got Hassan Reddick, went out and got C.J. Gardner, who are not only very good players and had the phenomenal seasons that they had. They were scheme fit guys so that Gannon could play the defense the way that he wanted to play the defense. And they played it to the tune of the second best defense in the NFL last year. This defense just isn't as talented. They lost more than they've added to the defense during this offseason. And they've been forced to because of uh, cap pressure. And as you also mentioned, it all hinges on Jalen Hurts' contract which Howie again verbally said it is our intention. That's a sooner rather than later. All that is just uh, word salad until they actually get the deal done. Uh, and I don't think it's anywhere close to being done. I think this is going to drag on. I think that at some point it's going to start to get uh, into a nervous zone for the Philadelphia Eagles because they haven't got their contract. I'm, I'm telling you, same thing with Landon. Do not get nervous. Do not get nervous. Um, I I would say that if you know people who were expecting the deal after the season, you know, just don't understand how the NFL works. I would say, you know, first week of June, and again, I go back to Carson Wentz. I believe it was June sixth. I would say look at June first to June tenth. I would say right right off the bat. And if they can't get it done from June 1st to June 10th, then the next circle, and we're going to be talking about it all summer, unfortunately, mm -hmm. but the next point would be right before camp, would be the week before camp. In other words, 
there's not going to be grinding out negotiations between June 10th and July 17th, say. Um, they're going to go on vacation. Everybody's going to go away. Nobody's going to talk about anything. That's sort of the way the NFL works. Um, so those are the two windows. But, man, I, I mean, we know enough about Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be uh, Lamar Jackson. He's not going to be Brett Favre. The Eagles are going to be fair to him. He's going to be fair to the Eagles. And, by the way, when I say fair, I don't mean these knuckleheads saying he's going to take a team-friendly deal. No, he's going to get his money, but he's not going to sit there with no agent and turn down fully guaranteed contracts and say, I want Deshaun Watson, fully five years guaranteed money. If he does that, it would be antithetical to everything I've ever seen about Jalen Hurts from the day he stepped in this building. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, if I, if I put a scale... 99.9% not worried about any of it. Yeah. He's going to be a filled up. You're, you're a little bit more optimistic than me because everything you said and how uh, you just described Jalen Hurts was certainly on point, but none of Jalen Hurts's behavior that we've seen, ability to evaluate him as a young man and everything else had anything to do with a contract negotiation. Those can be completely different from everything else a young guy shows and or displays and or his personality, whatever else. The Eagles have never really negotiated a contract with Jalen Hurts. He was a second round pick. He was slotted in. It was easy uh, doing for a four-year deal and you moved on. So although we, we feel we've got a good grasp on what kind of a young man that Jalen Hurts is and how he goes about doing his business and the like, this is basically new territory that's never been traversed before. No one's ever gotten down this road with Jalen Hurts. So just, it, it doesn't always, it's not 99.9%. The person's personality dictates the way contract negotiations are going to go. That just doesn't happen. Sometimes guys who are pain in the rear end and have issues and get themselves in trouble, whatever, but negotiations are easy. And then there are other guys who are model citizens, but when it comes to money, yeah, that's where they get their agent to draw hard lines and they make it difficult on uh, both parties. Don't know. We don't know. None of us know. John McMullen doesn't know. Jody McDonald doesn't I'm know. Go, I don't I'm think Howie go. Roseman knows. I think he knows. That's why he spoke with such certainty. Um, you know, I mean, Howie's not exactly sweating. Um, I'll have to get the actual quotes. I gotta, I'll gotta. i look them up during the break. Um you know, we want him here long-term. Obviously, he's going to in, in the last year of his deal, and so that's going to be a priority for us. And then he went into, um, at the end of the day, we're not looking to do anything other than what's fair for us and fair for our players. I think that dynamic about it, what everyone else is doing, we have to do what's best for us. I don't know what we necessarily spent. He was talking about uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Sure. Um and and he mentioned something about um, you know him him leaving and and not being a concern, um, you know if that's the end game I assume but pe for people that are worried the end game would be about him leaving, he's not leaving. So well, he can't I mean, go anywhere because they have he's certainly the type of guy you would put a franchise tag on. So he, he's going nowhere at the end of this year. You know, the worst case scenario is he gets slapped with a franchise tag. 
But here's the one thing that Howie doesn't control. And we can all sing Howie's praises, but there's just some things that general manager can't do. He's only one side of the negotiation. And this is this is why I think we're going into June, if not into July. If the other side says, no, we want to see the market established, there's been no movement in the starting quarterback market, not top end. Uh, Herbert hasn't signed, Burrow hasn't signed, Lamar Johnson, uh, Jackson hasn't gotten a contract done. We don't want to go first. Howie, we, we, we appreciate you're in the neighborhood. We're, we're telling you what kind of... We're, yeah, but we don't want to go first. We want someone else to set the market. How he can't force them. He can't force that. No matter how good no, he feels about it, no matter what, how motivated what, what, it is, he can't force the other side to take a deal because they hold hands and sing Kumbaya. What 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 I would say is when you're talking about fifty million or so, and then I I'll put it at forty-eight to fifty-two. When you're talking about forty-eight or fifty-two, and then you're talking about going first. And then say Justin Herbert's second and he gets 53 or 54 and Joe Burrow gets 55. You know, once you're up in that stratosphere, remember, you know, people can talk about leverage all they want. It's the same thing I talk about with the Packers and Jets that everyone says, not everyone, but a lot of people say the Packers have leverage. No, they don't. They don't want that knucklehead showing up to training camp. They don't want $60 million looming over their heads. They got to do something. Watch. They're going to do something long before July 27th or whenever they're going to report to training camp because they don't want them there. And especially him. They don't want him on the Pat McAfee show every stinking week, airing the dirty laundry. Um, It's not worth it. And then the second part is, Jalen hasn't made significant money. He's made significant money um, for me, for for Jody McDonald, maybe not for Ricky Ricardo. I know we got to get the break. Ricky's in the green room. Uh, He hasn't made significant money yet. He's going to sit and wait for an extra $2 million when we're talking 50 versus 52? I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a, a, a second. Uh, especially, especially with the way he plays the game. I mean, you do have to be realistic and say, what if he gets hurt? Uh, You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not risking my future for $2 million when I'm getting $50 million a year. But, but we, we, we assume that Harry Rosen is going to put 48 to 52 on the table. Oh, I'm very confident of that. We don't know that yet. That's to be determined. We we just talked about, is there any evidence that Jeffrey Lurie is going cheap at the quarterback position? Well, they went cheap at the safety position this year off season, didn't they, John? They they didn't get the TJ Johnson thing done. We're comparing safety position and the Eagles with quarterback. They I'm gave Carson any Wentz position with any other position on the They gave Carson Wentz with all, all his injury history the largest contract in franchise history on June 6th when he was eligible for an extension at the time. The largest contract in franchise history. Not even a blip on the radar. I expect the same thing this time around. How'd that Carson contract work out for Does it? That's a valuation. I'm talking about Jeffrey Lurie willing to put the trigger now you're moving the goalpost of course i'm there moving the goalpost no because evidence. you have to look at the whole picture you're looking at a condensed version of the picture you're talking about contracts picture. now you're talking about it didn't work out because of the player why are you trying to say 
because it didn't work out with the player, they're not going to offer the contract to Jalen Hurts. Oh, that no, would we be we've never argument. seen that before. Teams become gun-shy because they made a certain decision. And well, that would be your better argument. Your future decision. That's your never original, Jody, your original argument was they're going to have trouble signing Jalen Hurts. That's your original argument. Now yeah. you're talking about Carson Wentz as a player. What does that have to do? You could you could kill them all they want for him not turning into the player they thought he was going to be. That's fine. That's fine. I even think that's all base, but that's fine. But they offered him the contract, the largest contract in franchise history. They're not going cheap. This is not a cheap team. You got to worry about that with Cincinnati. You got to worry about that with the Chargers. They might even, I, I talk about escrow all the time. Cincinnati might not even have the sticking money to put in escrow to pay Joe Burrow. But that's their problem. There's no evidence. Now, if you want to argue Jalen Hurts isn't going to turn into the player we all think he is, that's a different argument. No, I'm not even going there. I'm just saying, and if you don't believe this, that's fine. That's your call. We've seen organizations, including the Philadelphia Eagles, after they've done a deal, and it hasn't worked out, not valuation, evaluation, all things being added in after the fact, then uh, making deals going forward, keeping that in mind that we had done this before and it didn't work out for us. I'm not telling you that is the way the Eagles are going to handle Jalen Hurts. I'm just not dismissing it as a possibility that it's going to be part of the decision-making process and could factor in that the last time they did a franchise quarterback-like deal with Carson Wentz, it didn't work out. That's all I'm saying. If you say, Jody, they, it, it, it's irrelevant and they have completely washed it from their brain and they won't be affected by it, you might be right. That That's your opinion. My opinion is... I think it's at least part of the the, the mind. Well, I, I, I will say the GM's already on record. They already made the decision. He's already on record. It's a priority for us. He said it three times now. We want to get it done this offseason. He said it three times. Mike, He's already but... made the decision. Now it's about just hammering out the details of the decision. He's already made the decision. I I, I understand that, but hammering out the details of the decision is a negotiation, and sometimes negotiations don't go smoothly. What you want to do, what you hope to do, and then the reality of actually getting it done doesn't always match up 100% lockstep. That's my point. I just I think it's going to be more difficult than some Eagle fans think. Uh, shoot, there are people out there saying they'll get it done before the combine. Yeah, well, that they didn't don't happen. understand. That's different because they don't understand the business of the NFL. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You can look around the league. It doesn't happen with the Eagles. There are certain windows you look at. I try to explain to people the windows you look at. They can listen. They cannot listen. There are certain windows where this kind of stuff happens. June 1st is a big bookkeeping day of the year for the NFL because you can toggle things between one year and the next year. That's why it's a big deal. That's a big deal for Jake Rosenberg. That's a big, big deal for Howie Roseman. Um, it, most teams, not the Eagles, because they're – and we got to get to Ricky. My, most teams wait and try to – and that's why training camp becomes a big deal because people want to get things be done before training camp starts. Uh, but the Eagles, you know – you can't compare to the Eagles to Cincinnati. You can't compare the Eagles to the Chargers. There are certain teams that do things certain ways and certain teams that can't do things those ways, and that's why I give Jeffrey Glory credit. 
because of, uh, of all the stuff, and that's why I brought up Ryan Gutekunst and, and, and Joe Douglas and Eric DaCosta, it's easier for Howie Roseman because of his owner. It's easier. Yeah, and, 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 and that should be pointed out. Lori is a smart and aggressive and financially flexible owner. I'm just saying it's going to take time, Eagle fans. Be patient. Some some want it already done. Some want it done this week. Since we're talking Eagles, they're out there. Jeff Lloyd's going to be, he's going to answer the same questions today. I'll, I'll guarantee you there's no deal, deal done this week or by the end of this month. And I'd be quite surprised if it got done in April once they get into draft mode. So, yeah, we're, we're well into May or June. And then uh, I'm just saying we'll get a little bit more nervous as the days just keep clicking off the town calendar. And despite the fact that Howie Roseman can use the word priority all he wants, until you get a deal done, it's not a done deal. And priority is nice. Uh, signature on a piece of paper is what you need to accomplish. All right. We made Ricky Ricardo wait for 10 minutes. We apologize to him. <laughs> we'll get a quick timeout in here, then come back and talk all things Eagles with the voice of the Eagles and Espanol. Ricky Ricardo next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
streaming on in here on Birds 365. McDonald and McMullen here with you. We've got Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles, and Espanol host on WIP here in Philadelphia to come in. Thanks for your patience, Ricardo. Sorry, Johnny Mac and I were going back and forth. We yeah. Did. Left you hanging there for a couple of minutes. Did you get an extra couple of minutes? It was an interesting argument, though. I, really? I, 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 I appreciate your patience, Ricky. So I'll, I'll, we'll start there with you. Well, wait, hold on. Before I get into that, all right, I, I've got to say something that I experienced over the weekend that I'm still kind of discombobulated about. What's that? So I'm sitting here in my studio in Florida waiting to go on the air to do my WIP show. By the way, he's bragging already in Florida. And I'm coming You're on. making us jealous. Oh, Florida, it's beautiful. Yeah. But I'm flying on my flight. Leaving <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm watching the end of the NCAA coverage. Okay, and then I switch over. It, this was Sunday night, Sunday night, whatever night it was, a Saturday night. So I switch over to the Sixers uh, Phoenix game. So I'm waiting for the uh, post game show on the radio to finish. Horowitz does a, a very long post game show. So I'm watching the basketball. I get on the air, and the next thing I look up, and on the channel that that gives the Sixer game. They go to the next piece of programming after the post-game show. And what do I see? Jody Mack drinking beer. Oh. Okay. With, with Glenn. Well, I didn't even know this. Oh, oh yeah. Know this. Now, wait a second. I've known Jody Mack many, many years. And I have seen him consume many 48-ounce big gulp, you know, soft drinks or that type of beverage. Never, and, and maybe a stogie once in a while, but I have never, never seen him try to consume or enjoy a an adult beverage. And remember, these are these craft beers, all these weird stuff. See, I associate Jody Mack with either Schaefer or Rheingold yeah. Extra Dry. Rheingold. Wow, Schaefer, we're going back. Okay. I'm going to... Those were the two official beers of the of New the York Mets, Mets yes. television network on yes. Channel 9 on WOR. Either Rheingold Extra Dry. And I'm, he's, it, it, it looks so uncomfortable for you, Jody. You look like... No, 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 no. You, you, you got some right reads and you got some wrong reads. No beers are uncomfortable in my hands. I have preferences. And believe it or not, not Rheingold or Schaefer, although I've had many in my day. I've always been a Bud man, and they had a taste test on the show, and I didn't pick out the Bud, so I was embarrassed. But, oh, no, I'm an equal opportunity drinker. I'll, I'll, I'll have a little bit of whatever I'm, you give I'm, me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though, Jody. If you, you hand me a bunch of IPAs, just give me something. Just give me a regular beer. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't I'm need not as, as caught up in the craft beer thing as my buddy Glenn Macnow is. Oh, yeah. But the Glenn's quick the side story to Ricky's story is I got a call last night on WIP, and the guy appreciated it. He saw the same show and watched it and laughed and had fun. He said, here's why I, I love you, Jody. It was myself and Glenn Macnow and Ed Hospitar, a former Flyer yes. Rock guy. Um, so they gave us these little cups, and they hold maybe four or five out. Maybe it holds six, but they filled it up three quarters of the way uh and glenn took a nice little sip and boxcar took a nice little sip i took the glass i drank half i tasted it and i drank the other half so i finished it all and ed and glenn have more than half left in their cup he goes at least you're a drinker 
you, you, you know, it's only five ounces. What the hell? Put it down. And I did. And I killed all five of the beers at five ounces at a time. I had a nice little buzz by the time the show was over. Thank yeah. you for asking, Rick. <laughs> Which one of them did you like? Because the, I had the volume oh. down, so I couldn't tell. You know what won the taste test, believe it or not? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, Which, I like it. But it no. wasn't an IPA, at least. So no, it was all non-IPAs. These were all just regular all beers right. that we were taking. So, oh, in the oh. end, in the end, a beer that was more associated with the New York Yankee. That's the one that won. Uh, it got my highest oh, uh, rating and uh, the group's highest rating as well. So, yeah, I, I had a little, I had a nice buzz at it, but I looked a little foolish. I had to wipe some egg off my face. All right. <laughs> Do I need to wipe egg off my face in saying, yeah, I'm nervous about the Jalen Hurts contract that this isn't going to get done in the next two days, two weeks, and maybe not the next two months? I don't know where this is going. I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts' persona, his professionalism, his just the way he comes across, I don't know if any of that is going to rub rub over to the way his representative, I'm assuming he's not going the Lamar Jackson route and he has an agent. So I don't know if, if the way he comes across as a player and as a quarterback and the way he deals with the media – if there's any crossover whatsoever there with the way his negotiations are going to go, sometimes, you know, players take on the personality or the, maybe the negotiation takes on the personality of the player. If you know what I mean, we've seen that over the years, you know, everything is very professional, very uh, astute with, with Jalen hurts as far as everything we know about football and the way he deals with us. I don't know if once they get into the negotiating room, if all of a sudden, you know, his his people take a very, you know, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson type of approach to dealing with this, I don't know. There's, I don't think any one of us knows. Uh, this is there, there's no precedent for this. Nope. I tend to agree with Jody that I think this is such an unknown here that I don't. I'd be shocked without the the market already being set. And still, some things fluctuating in the air as far as big time, big money quarterbacks. I don't think Jalen Hurts should be in any rush whatsoever to be the first one to the finish line. Um, you know, I think Deshaun Watson, his contract, and I think Lamar Jackson have kind of skewed things. There have been plenty of contracts that have been done since Deshaun Watson. I mean, we start with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Russell Wilson. Uh, these are big name players. So I, I think there's sort of this outlier that things have changed, but I think they're the outlier in, in the case of Deshaun. And by the way, it's not Deshaun Watson's fault. I, I don't, I think because of his reputation, we all know what he was accused of. Um, he was set to go to Atlanta. I mean, he was set to go to Atlanta, and then all of a sudden, Jimmy Haslam lost him and comes in. Well, we're going to guarantee we're going to give you everything. We're going to give you the and, – and people around the NFL don't like Jimmy Haslam for that. And then you have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't think Jalen Hurst is going to fire uh, his agent, Nicole Lynn, for some gym salesman. Uh, Ken Francis is going to start uh, – so – I, I think people look at those two unique situations and 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 kind of envelop them into normal contract negotiations, which most players, 
and most quarterbacks still have. I have seen no evidence that Jeffrey Lurie is going to have a problem with this. If When I do, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say I was wrong. That's just not the way the Eagles run. I mean, they are very, you know, there's not a lot of bumps in the road when it comes to this kind of stuff, at least over the past 10 years or so. Well, look, from your lips to God's ears, because I hope the sooner the better this thing gets done and the Eagles can stay out of that frying pan uh, of, of controversy. What they have been able to do now, obviously, for a good long while since Howie Roseman's been on this roll of great moves and signings here and releases here. And, you know, look, the guy, you know, get Howie in, in a casino with me right now near the roulette table. He's hot. But during this period where just about everything they've done has worked out, uh, it's been very, very smooth. There's been no bump in the road. So hopefully it continues that way. All right, Ricky, since uh, you're singing Howie Roseman's praises and we know that in a capped world, you can't just do everything you want to do. Give us your grade on Howie during this offseason. All the additions, all the losses, feel free to grade on a curve because the Eagles are saving money for the Jalen Hurts contract and the like. He couldn't just lavish money on everybody. He made selective choices, paid Bradbury, paid Fletcher Cox, chose not to pay Edwards, chose not to pay CJGJ. What kind of grade would you give Howie Roseman for his offseason moves to this point between A-plus and F? I'd give him a B. I give him a B, and the only reason I give him a B and not go all the way to the A is because of that, Jalen. I think the the real tipping point, what really is going to take him to a final grade, will be how he handles the Jalen Hurts. That That's the big one. That's the big kahuna. Look, I, I, uh, I watch a guy operate on a daily basis named Brian Cashman, who is very similar to Howie Roseman in the baseball sense. Now, right now, Howie's batting average is a little bit higher than Cashman's. Overall, remember, Cashman's been doing this, I think, Jody, 25 over, years? Yeah, over yeah. 20 for sure. That's yeah. amazing longevity. Uh, for that for sure. yeah. So you're talking about two guys that have been able to maneuver their way through the, the, the landmines of new collective bargaining agreements, uh, luxury tax on one end, uh, you know, uh, hard cap on another end. I- I'm going to give him a B because I still need to see the biggest domino fall, which is the Jalen Hurts contract. But having said that, I, sa- I said, and I may have said it with you guys, I may have said it on the air, I may have said it to the dog here. But I thought Selmalo would go. I thought Hargrave would go. I just thought those were two high-ticket items that that uh, weren't realistically uh, going to come back. The one that I was wrong about was was Gardner Johnson. I thought once he got past that third day and nobody jumped and just threw, you know, a Brinks truck worth of money at him, I figured he was coming back. Now, the, the two safeties whose name – look, I can't even recall the names right now. I, I think Terrell Edmonds is one of them. Edmonds and Evans, right. The other one – so Justin Evans. Evans, is it? Yeah. Justin Evans. So who knows uh, you know, how big an impact either one of those two guys is going to make. I saw when Gardner Johnson was out this year, Blankenship did the job. Uh, you know, Was that a Band-Aid or was it a permanent fix? It remains to be seen. I think the experience that Blankenship got was, was, was very, very important to him moving forward. So 
Uh, I think that's something that that for now is on the good side of the of the ledger with Roseman moves. I'm going to give him a B, and if he's able to get the Jalen Hurd situation wrapped up without a ton of controversy that kind of throws the eagle machine into a tizzy, then absolutely he gets an A in my book. Uh, I think right now it's a B with that one large move still waiting to go. Hey, uh, Ricky, I'm glad you brought up Brian Cashman. You know, when Howie was exiled, um, uh, I'd like to say, uh, during the Chip Kelly era, he traveled a lot. And he went to visit other successful sort of GMs, team presidents. And one of the ones he went to visit was Brian Cashman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went to visit R.C. Buford uh, with the Spurs. Um, the guy who ran Manchester United, I forget his name. He, he went all over trying to pick the brains of uh, successful executives. And Cashman was one of them. And he was a lot better when after he talked to those guys than before. I think people forget Howie Roseman 1.0 wasn't as good as Howie Roseman 2.0. So in, in many ways, Brian Cashman's one of the guys who helped Howie Roseman became become Howie Roseman and how he admits it. Uh, so I'm glad he brought up uh, his name. Um, but as far as the Eagles have we said, I, in free agency, uh, I, I'm with you. I thought they were going to get CJ back, uh, but I thought they were going to lose Bradbury. I think the Eagles felt that as well. And all of a sudden they get Brad, Bradbury who took a little less. And uh, the whole year Bradbury said, I'm, you know, I want to be back, but I'm going to take, you know, the best contract. And then it comes time to it, and he says, yeah, I'm going to come back. And I think the Eagles pivoted at that point. That's where I think Howie's good. I think that's where he sets himself apart from other GMs is the contingencies. When other people get punched in the face and everybody gets punched in the face, they 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 don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan C. Howie tends to have a plan D, a plan E, as we saw with A.J. Brown, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You see it that way, or 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 you think I it's do. just luck? No, I do, J-Mac. I, I, I think um, Roseman's time, and, and you're absolutely right, when he got exiled, I don't know what, you know, the guru, he went to these other guys, but – Po- the 2.0, the post-Chip Kelly, Howie Roseman, I think is the model right now, the model for a successful g- young general manager in sports, period, because of that very fact. If one thing doesn't work, he's got another two, three pieces right behind that might fit in. And in a very fluid NFL situation, the way it is now, where Year after year, you renegotiate. I think a great move that came out of the blue for me was the Lane Johnson renegotiation. The, the, the way Lane played last year, when healthy, I think showed you that he still has a lot left in the tank. He is over some of the, the other hurdles. Remember, Lane's had, you know, substance thing. They had the, uh, you know, came out publicly, which is, you know, great of him as far as, you know, maybe some some mental health issues. There's been a lot with Lane Johnson. And he played so well. It was the best right tackle in the game, in my opinion. 
to be able to, you know, to, to save on this year's number, what is it, eight, ten million, something, something like that, that uh, that they're going to save on this year's cap by extending lane and renegotiating. There were some things that I would have never thought of that he had in his bag of tricks this year. And what I thought maybe, because I'm predicting guys that September 7th, Thursday, September the 7th, the Phillies are off. That's the night that the NFL debuts, right? And I know the schedule hasn't been announced yet, but I'm going to say it anyway. Eagles at Chiefs. They've got to play the Chiefs this year anyway at Arrowhead, so it'll probably be a Super Bowl rematch on Thursday, September the 7th. I thought it would be a much, much different Philadelphia Eagle team, and not in a positive way. Now my outlook on that has completely changed. If you're telling me right now that the NFL's initial game this year, which will be on Thursday, September the 7th, is a rematch of the Super Bowl at Arrowhead, Eagles at Chiefs, I'm picking the Eagles, whereas maybe two, three weeks ago, it may have been the other way around. Really? All right. Uh, I'm not ready to make a pick on that game, but I think you could be on to something. We got time. We got time. There's a distinct possibility for the first game of the season, a Super Bowl rematch. I, I got to give Howie Roseman both credit and that therefore comes into a question. Um, one thing that Howie's been able to do, and John emphasizes this all the time, he's dead on right. Part of Howie Roseman's ability to be as good a general manager as he is, is the fact that Jeff Lurie's a great owner and is willing to go along with Howie's moves and the risks that he takes and uh, signing big, uh, you just mentioned the Lane Johnson contract that's he's writing a big check this week lane johnson's getting upfront money guaranteed and the owner's got to be willing to write that check so that he can get cap relief down the road uh so yes part of how he's uh, greatness is derived from his owner being the type of owner that he is but going into this season 2023 dead money cap hit that the teams are carrying in and you've got to just subtract that from your cap to start the the season eagles are number one in the league and it's not even close to who's second. The Eagles are at like $46 million of dead cop money. And the Raiders are number two at 29 and change. It, it, like a massive drop off between number one and number two. Not number one in the rest of the league, just number two. So that's Jeff Lurie just being willing to eat all this money going forward. They did it a couple of years ago when they cut Carson Wentz, the biggest individual player dead cap money hit ever. I know, by the way, he still made the playoffs with Jalen Hurts as a uh, second-year quarterback. Is this ever going to catch up with Howie? That the Eagles do do a lot of credit card economics. That the the, the bill is going to come due at some point, and if you don't pay right away, there there's cre- credit attached to it, fines attached to it. Can Howie just continue to do this the way that he has? Listen, this is this is you know Peter paying Paul, whatever you know they're all saying. Uh, I get it. I am ready. Mentally, I am ready for either 2025, 26, 27. Somewhere down the road, there's going to have to be a big reset, and we're going to have a 5-12 and 12 or a 4-13 and 13 season. I know it. Now, the window in the NFC right now is still wide open for this team. Yep. I think it might be wide open, depending on how this draft works out. I think the NFC with with Rodgers eventually, I you figure anyway, getting over to the AFC, but he's only a year or two, uh, you know, as far as relevance anyway in the league. But 
with the most important position on the field being quarterback of a National Football League team, NFC side, I just don't honestly don't see anything on the horizon. I don't see a team, I'm not the Giants, I don't see a team in the division that's going to challenge the Eagles in the next couple of years. Uh, if you tell me the 49ers, if you tell me their young quarterback uh, you know, finally develops uh, and, and the way that organization is run, that they be, may, may be the biggest contenders or challengers to the Eagles in the conference in the next year or two, I might buy that. I don't know about the Lions. Yeah, they did well at Tordy. Jared Goff? Oh, come on. I think you, you go all in right now for these next couple seasons, that credit card economic – I get it, the whole thing. I know I'm going to pay for it down the road. I'm making a deal with the devil right now, but I think it'll be worth it. I think the Eagles should get back to at least one more championship game and or Super Bowl while the NFC is still kind of in flux. And if it takes having to pay for it down the road, not only myself, but I think the Eagle fan base is willing to accept that because right now, right now we're in a position where the Eagles are a move or two or uh, just a stroke of good luck or just consistent good play away from maybe bringing another Lombardi trophy to Philadelphia. Yeah, they're, they're set up. The championship window is open yep. uh, to Jody's point and uh, at RR underscore Ricardo FAN. Make sure you follow Ricky on Twitter. I'm going to go to your uh, baseball team as well. Again, I'm going to go to the Yankees. If there's going to be a shift, the shift is going to be, to Jody's point, we now know the TV deal. It's locked in. So we now know the cap is going up and up and up and up, barring another pandemic, and I don't think that's going to happen because we learned our lesson from the first one. Um, They're not going to shut down businesses. So it's going to keep going up and up and up and up. If there's ever a shift in the Eagles' philosophy, it's going to come with a shift from Jeffrey Lurie to Julian Lurie. And I'm not saying you've seen it with George Steinbrenner to Hal Steinbrenner. Right. Not that the Eagles, have, not that the Yankees don't spend money, but they don't spend money at any cost like they used to do to win. No. Now, Jeff, Jeffrey's about winning at this stage. Julian might be, but my point is, I don't know. There might be a shift at that point. But as, as long as Jeffrey's here running this team, the Eagles are fine. The Eagles are fine when it comes to dead money. I agree. I agree. And and there is a distinct difference between the way George Steinbrenner ran the club and his son Hal Steinbrenner runs the club. There was a difference when the late Hank Steinbrenner was involved in the everyday operation of the team. There was still a lot of George in Hank. In Hank, yeah. Hal, and and Jody will tell you, is night and day different the way he goes about it. Now, both with the perspective of, World Series or bust. That is still the the Yankee philosophy. You don't win the World Series. The season was a failure. I don't think the Eagles are to that extreme. They're the level or the expecting uh, the expectant level of excellence. I think is year after year getting stronger for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think failure is unacceptable, as maybe it may have been to a certain extent years ago. We're getting there. Uh, so yeah, there's some similarities. I have no idea what the the younger Lurie would be all about. Yeah, nobody does. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows. But yeah. uh, no, you're absolutely right. As long as these people are in place, 
And these rules are in place with a little tweak here, a little tweak there. Next collective bargaining agreement, or as you said, the you know the cap continues to go up because the league is so healthy. I think we're going to be just fine. But as to Jody's point, there will come a time if they and if they don't get a championship in the next two to three years, and it comes a time where the numbers come back to bite them in the keister, then we can have this conversation again and say, well, you know, maybe going all in in the roulette, the craps table at the casino maybe wasn't the right way to go. For now, I can't argue with what they're doing. Agreed. Last one for me, Ricky, and we'll let you run. Last year, 33 catches, 354 yards, three touchdowns. Those were the numbers for Quez Watkins as the Eagles' number three wide receiver. They don't jump off the page, but you're not going to get the ball thrown to you all that much when you got Dallas Goddard and uh, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown out there with you. Um, Quez had a couple of plays, balls that went off his hands, balls he couldn't grab that turned into picks against the Dallas Cowboys. He came under some pretty good scrutiny this past year, and I thought he came up small. Is wide receiver three a position that you worry about? Or you come on, now we're talking about three here. Not one, not two, three. I think that because there's been so many changes with the Eagles and uh, comparing old Eagles, the Eagles have got away to the young and inexpensive Eagles that have come in. I think wide receiver is an understated, underrated need for the Philadelphia Eagles. Am I just nitpicking here by no. saying they got to upgrade at wide receiver three, or you think that's a legit concern? No, that is a legit concern. I agree with you. Remember, they lost Pascal also, which was a veteran. If you want to look at him as a four or whatever, however you want to classify Zach. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, three and four. I'd like to see two guys. Two guys get it, whether it's you know one possession type of Pascal-like receiver or maybe a veteran at some at some point that uh, gets cut or, or waiver wire or somebody is still lingering out there in free agency but no i i think wide receiver three in the type of offense that the eagles like to run mm-hmm. i think take a little bit of pressure off those two guys you can't expect them to have that kind of monstrous seasons take a little pressure off those get another weapon out there that jalen hurts can go to with, with some sort of uh, level of confidence I started losing faith in Quez Watkins as the season went along. So, no, Jody, I agree with you. I, I think wide receiver three, another dynamic type of young playmaker uh, that it can at least throw some concern into the mindset of opposing defensive coordinators is a legit, legit need for this team going forward. Ricardo, we wanted to get you on because we know soon enough you'll be Yankee buried for the next six months. So we wanted to get you on for one more Eagle spot before the baseball season kicked off. Uh, we will get you back on if uh, anytime. Any t- for you two, I don't care if I've got a double header on that. Whoa. Day. If you need me, I'm here for you, my friends. Now I'm off to the airport, Orlando to Newark. And it's really it's, oh, it's baseball. Now from, I feel now I feel bad for you. Yeah, no, no more Florida. You get get your butt back up here to the Northeast. Yeah. Muchas gracias, amigo. Uh, we will talk down the road. Thank you, Ricky. The voice of the Eagles and Espanol, Ricky Ricardo. Here that's a tough time. one. When you got to leave Orlando for Newark, that's a tough. One. Yeah, he's been uh, doing the uh, Florida all winter thing. So yeah, he's back up with us here in the Northeast. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. 
We'll come back. Uh, another hour to go with Bird Street. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 65 and joining us in about 20 minutes. You'll probably recognize the face. Uh, the smiling wonder from Sports Take, our very own Barrett Brooks. Barrett hasn't been on the show in over a month. Uh, so we're looking forward to talking Eagle stuff. I know you see him on man. You see him here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel every day. See him on NBC Sports Philly all the time. Well, damn it. We want to talk to Barrett Brooks, too. He's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm? Or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this.
got your Magnet guys here on Birds 365. We thank Ricky Ricardo for jumping in with us and uh, giving us some uh, Eagles thoughts. He's just a flat out uh, good dude, does a great job. I took Spanish for five years, uh, four in high school and one in college. Uh, yo no comprende nada anymore. Uh, it's yeah, been I, a lot I, of years, I, but I'm 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 almost the exact same as you. Probably let's see, two years in high school, uh, maybe two semesters in college, and I can't I can't do anything. Man, it's it was, embarrassing. It was uh, many moons ago that I took it, but uh, from uh, everything I can I say, hear. I, I, I can't even roll an R, Jody. I can't even roll an R. El Gato es Rojo. I can't even roll my R's. Uh, I can do a little cursing in Spanish, but that's not going to go over well. So we'll, we'll hey, save you that. Can curse here. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Nobody will know anyway. Well, it, few this, know. we like to think of Birds 365 as a family, family show. friendly show. Yeah, except so when I stay curse. Away from that, but uh, at, Ricardo does a great job calling the games in, in Spanish. I love using them every once in a while on, on WIP. You got Merrill and Mike, so you got certainly great calls to use, but I, I like to tap into my boy Ricardo every once in a while because uh, he, he certainly shows the emotion when he calls the Eagles games, and he did today, talking about the Eagles with us and Howie Roseman and how he's handling all these negotiations. I'll give you one guy who Howie didn't get done this year, and I can't really blame him for not getting done because – you comp everything to everyone else and other players. And you know who got paid this offseason, Johnny Mac? Epsi. Compared, yeah. Compared to everybody else, yeah. Did did any – is there an Eagle fan uh, streaming in with us right now who would say that uh, off the season they had just this one year, because that's all we got to look at for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, that C.J. D.J. and Epsi had comparable years? I don't know. You know, well, that's the argument. I mean, you know, CJ was the splash player, and that's generally what gets you paid in this league. It didn't get him paid. And Epsi was the more consistent player. Um, but you know, CJ's a better player. I, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. But with Epsi, you don't got to deal with all the others up. I mean, that's part of it. People hate when you bring that up. I mean, what? I, I don't know what to tell you. He's a pain in the you-know-what. I mean, that matters to people. It, it's not a video game. It, you saw what he did to Jalen Hurts. He's out on He's still out on, on, on Twitter throwing bombs at the Eagles every once in a while, quickly tweeting and deleting. Yeah, he's the king of tweet and delete. That, that shit matters. Here I am cursing. And and people get really upset when he brings and and Marcus is just, you know, the exact opposite. He is um, rock solid, you know, team guy, leader, uh, you know, understated, you know, very much like Terrell Edmonds, the exact same type of guy, reliable, played ninety nine percent of the defensive snaps, Jody, and the only reason he didn't play a hundred is because they had a couple blowouts in there and they gave him a breather. Um, that's meaningful, even though he didn't make splash plays, even though you can talk about all the things he didn't do. Well, you got you to gotta replace 99% of the snaps now with a reliable, with what was a reliable option on the back end. 
And that, if, that matters. If you don't think John is accurate when he tells you character counts and how much you need to be coached up and how much you need to be controlled. And all. I, I'll give you a couple of guys who signed for you. We all know Bates got the big payday. He's the only one, only one who blew off the top of the market, uh, 16 million per nobody else even gets close to that. But guys who got more for some in, in some cases, multiple years. And in some cases, just one year, like uh, Von Bell, $22 million, three-year deal. That's seven million per more than Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Juan Thornhill got seven million per a three-year twenty-one million dollar deal. That's more than Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Donovan Wilson of the Cowboys to stay in Dallas got a uh, three-year twenty-one million dollar deal. That's seven million per. That's more than Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Oh, I'm sorry, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a better safety than him, but. Why didn't Chauncey get paid? Why did he only have to take a one-year deal? Jimmy Ward gets a two-year, $13 million deal. That's the same as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Why did he get? Because these guys aren't handfuls. The, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson probably has talked and acted his way out of a better contract this year. I don't know. Only Howie Roseman knows how much they factored that in to their decision to pivot, as Howie described it yesterday. But man, if you just talk about evaluating what they did on the football field this year, I'd say this side of Bates, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was the second best safety who hit the open market. He wasn't second highest paid safety, John. Well, I'll say this. If here here's how I would describe it. If, if CJ played the exact same way he played and he acted like Marcus Epps, he'd probably have a, a contract over twelve million a year average annual value that would be my guess wow and that's honest, a pretty honest. significant step up and and yeah here's all you need to know because you know and i use it too but average annual value doesn't even matter that what matters is the fully guaranteed money on all these deals and the day marcus f signed his contract he got more money than cj gardner johnson he got i think it was seven 7.8 or somewhere in that's just under eight of, of guaranteed money. He got more money than CJ Gardner Johnson, and they're not comparable players. No, I'm, I'm looking at Sport Track Net right now. F's got over 10 guaranteed out of 12. Well, that, I think some of that, I think fully guaranteed. It's, I got 7.755 guaranteed at signing. Um, and that's the fully guaranteed part of it. So, you know, there's agent speak. But either way, he got more money. He got more money than C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And he's not the same player. So no. if you don't believe me and plenty of people, I got the hate mail to prove it, as usual. You explain it. And you and I have talked about this many a time on the show, and we both disagree with it, but we both acknowledge it is still a factor in the NFL. Yeah, your 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 pedigree counts. That where you were drafted, uh, what what your uh, moves in the league have been. Marcus Epps was released. The Eagles picked him up on waivers, and for him to just a couple of years later, first year as a full time starter, to be able to jump up into the uh, pure second level of safety contracts. There's Bates, and then there's everybody else, and 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 Epps is right there in the middle of all those other guys. He was able to outdo the, well, what, what does your pedigree say you should be? 
Where were you yeah. drafted? How much have you gotten paid before? He's gone above and beyond it. And he is such a good dude. I can't do anything but root for him, even though he's not going to be an Eagle next year. Uh, more power to FC to get the kind of deal that he got from the Raiders. Yeah. And, you know, there's always, you know, maybe Las Vegas made a bad decision. I mean, you can argue all of that, but uh, you, you mentioned some of the other safeties and, and CJ, you know, CJ led the NFL in interceptions. Think about that. And he missed five games. He missed five games and led the NFL in interceptions. And I remember he was talking, he wasn't talking about CJ, but I remember I was texting, um, uh, a former GM at the beginning of free agency. And he said, plays get you paid plays, making plays get you paid. Not in the case of CJ, not in the case of CJ. There's always an exception to the rule. And why was it an exception to the rule? Well, look to the tweet and delete and, 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 and imagine dealing with that every day in the locker room, that kind of stuff. It is what it is. It is what it is. But, you know, there are 31 other teams as well, Jody. 31 other teams as well. And there's no collusion here, although I'm sure there will be conspiracy theorists who believe there is because there always are. There ain't 31 teams getting together, 32 teams getting together and saying, hey, let's screw over C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Because he's got a big mouth and he's a social media activist. No, that didn't happen. Uh, But speaking of uh, collusion, I do want to get one quarterback point in before we punch Barrett up um, because I saw something yesterday that just made me laugh out loud. Um, Lamar Jackson apparently has decided to ask for a trade. He is requesting a trade from the Baltimore Ravens somebody's got to sit Lamar down and explain to him the way the NFL works. You're a free agent. Yes, you are still tethered to the Ravens by a uh, a franchise tag, but you are allowed to talk to and sign a contract with any one of the other 31 teams in the NFL. How would it benefit the Baltimore Ravens to trade your rights to someone else? Why would any other team want to acquire your rights? The only way that makes any sense if the Ravens go, yeah, we'll just take a two form. Right now, if he signs with another team, they get two first round draft picks. But they're just going to, out of the goodness of their heart, because they've got this great relationship with Lamar, trade him on the cheap so that well, the team he's to, going to, to doesn't to defend pay, have to pay for his services. How stupid de- is that? To defend Lamar, which I rarely do, yeah, feel in free these to negotiations, try. In, in these negotiations. Uh, he's a good player. I could defend him as well, a player. He's a dynamite player. Um, but in these negotiations, he's been an absolute abject disaster. But he, he asked for the trade on March 2nd. Um, he announced it yesterday uh, for some reason. Um, yeah, uh, and that kind of explains why the Ravens went the route that they did and with the the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag, tag, which essentially said, all right, go out and go work out a trade. So the timing, like he, look, I, I don't know any other reason for him to go public with it. The moment um, John Harbaugh sits down for the AFC coaches breakfast, that's the minute he sent it out and said, I asked for a trade on March 2nd. So the timing he didn't ask for a trade yesterday. The timing was it was it was way back. 
but he said it. That was tweak the Ravens further. I, I mean, there's no other way Is to he look trying at to burn it. bridges with them. Is that what do you believe that was his? Uh, well, I don't know how else to look at it. Why, what that's really convenient timing. Talk about coincidences, talk about conspiracies. I'll tell you what, that's a hell of a coincidence that the minute the AFC coaches breakfast starts and from all the guys that was talking to that are there, you know, here comes the tweet, here comes the Instagram, whatever the hell it was. And uh host of reporters running over to John Harbaugh. Um, I, I don't think it was a coincidence to release it at so, that particular and time. And I know Lamar is acting as a lone wolf here. Do you want to speculate on what his mindset was? What, what was he? Well, he's not acting as a lone wolf because he's got Ken Francis. Um, oh, Ken Francis. But, and he's got, uh, he's got Meek Mill working as a go-between, yeah. trying to get him to the Patriots because he's like Patriots. this with Robert Kraft. So, yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of boys in his in his. Meek Mill's uh, going to lose. But... Uh, well, the Eagles don't need a quarterback. So I guess Meek can rest uh, easy to not upset Eagles fans. But, uh, um, yeah. I mean, it's it get what do you agent. think what do you think Lamar was attempting to do by uh sending out the the, the social media message wants to be to use wrestling terms because I'm going to use at least one wrestling term each day in Wrestlemania week he's trying to be the baby face he's trying to um he's trying to spin it like oh baby poor, face poor to who well to the to the public to the general public all right, that's what you, the fan base. That's what you play babyface for. The, the non-Raven fan base, you mean? The other, yeah, forty-nine, yeah, even the Raven fan base a little bit, and the fact that you know that's unrealistic. He's but, asking you know, a trade from the Ravens, and that's going to win over Ravens. No, fans? he's trying to say it's not my fault. It's not my fault. The horrible Ravens. They've screwed up my love affair with you, the fans. That's what he's trying to do. I don't think you, it's. You think work. there are Raven fans that are dumb enough to believe that? Oh, yes. I don't think a lot, but there there are a few. There are a few that will blame the Ravens because they're on the player side. There, it'll be a small minority, but there will be some I, that I always depend the I don't player think no the matter Ravens, what. My look opinion is fans. the Ravens have mishandled this one iota. On, uh, on, I don't look, think they... look at Eagles fans, Jody. The minute. The minute C.J. Gardner-Johnson signed with Detroit, he went from, I'm going to defend him, to he's a pain in the ass, get him out of here. Right. The minute, they can turn on a dime. Uh, fan bases are going to defend players, especially good players, right up until they can't defend them anymore. You're, you're probably right, but Lamar is sitting there in the gray area middle and I don't think he's winning over any fans from the Raven fan base by going, well, I requested a trade. Requested a trade to get the hell out of Baltimore. We only love you because you are a Raven. How are we supposed to give you your, your props, your coverage, because you requested a trade because you got screwed by the team? No, 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 no. Only when you're in purple, buddy. Once you get out of purple, like J-Mac just pointed out, oh, the tide can turn like that, and they can go the other way on you. All right, uh, we're going to turn the tide here coming up next. We got our big boy, Barrett Brooks. He's going to jump in with us. He's got uh, plenty to say about the Eagles. We'll get Barrett Brooks next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. 
and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Streaming on in here on Bart's 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. Uh, we know we got a bunch of you guys out there who are uh, Jacob Media all day viewers, streamers. Thank you for just uh, doing just that, which means you're also Barrett Brooks fans uh, from Sports Take coming up later on this afternoon. We got him up a little early. He went orange. What color is that hoodie? It's definitely orange. Orange, it's like a lighter orange. Almost like a creamsicle orange, man. So I thought I'd wake you guys up this morning. Where, where the man. hell did you nice. get that? <laughs> the DXL, man. In fact, they need to sponsor me. DXL, man. And, you know, that, that's I was going to go salmon. Like, uh, <laughs> are you a Mark Henry fan? I'm going deep into wrestling here, Barrett. So, yes, I am. Yes, I am. His yes, famous am. his famous promo on John Cena was done in a salmon jacket that was just tremendous. That's what it reminded me. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, John Henry was the strongest. It was like the strongest world strongest man. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. John Henry was that dude, man. It's so. time yeah. for the main event. Yeah. And that is Barrett Brooks joining us here on Birds 
365. All right, here's what I want to start with you, Barrett, because uh, I bring it up to a bunch of our guests, and no one is more apropos to ask the question to than you. I, I, and I'm pointing the finger at myself, could be guilty as charged, uh, but I'm also pointing it at a lot of other Eagle fans and Eagle media and the like. Do we just accept the fact that when the Eagles lose an offensive lineman or have to move an offensive lineman and put a guy in a position that he hasn't normally played, is not his number one spot, that it's just going to be okay that we're going to replace Isaac Samalo with Cam Jurgens because Stoutland says so, that he's going to wave his magic offensive line coach hand, uh, wand and it's going to be perfectly fine. We know that's exactly what happened with Dickerson, who was going to be the heir apparent to uh, Jason Kelsey, and then they needed him a card, and they move him over there, and boom, like that, he's a Pro Bowl-level player. Uh, we're expecting that out of Cam Jurgens at the right guard this year. Do we just put too many eggs in Stoutland's basket? Is that unfair to the young player who you're asking to change positions? In all actuality, it's not. You know, uh, um, um it's, it's, it's amazing that when you go to Stoutland University, you never stop getting paid. I mean, you go down the line, Dennis Kelly, Nate Herbig, Isaac Sayamalo <laughs> now, Big V. They leave Stoutland University and make major. I'm, I'm so mad at my mom right now. You know, I love my mom. I'm so mad she had me 15 years too early. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, if I went to Stoutland University, I'd still be getting paid. Now, I mean, I mean, you look at the contract these guys are getting. Nate Herbig got two years, $8 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Sam Malo, he earned the money he got from the Steelers. Both of those guys will probably be starting for the Steelers this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor goes and is competing for the right tackle position with the 49ers. Yep. I mean, he just, you know, and LaRaven Clark just left and, and went to the – He's uh, in the Steelers too. Yeah, LaRaven. he just signed with them too, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 crazy how much this man is, has, has really put his mark on being the one of the best position coaches ever in the NFL, bar none. Now, is it going to be a seamless transition, you know, for, for this Eagles offensive line, you know, now? I mean, it's, it's, they'll still be – I think they'll still be the best offensive line of football with Cam Jurgens going to right guard. Um, he has the build as far as his arms, long arms, but he hasn't played it before. He's a former tight end, so – Six foot three, 300 pounds. He's kind of light for a guard. Usually you want guys that are a little thicker, but, you know, it's kind of the same as Sayamalu. He had right along the same um, uh, same characteristics that, you know, Cam Jurgens has. I just know that when this guy teaches you, you listen. You know, ever since both he and, and, and you know, uh, JP got together, him and Jason Peters got together and came up with this, this you know, pass-setting scheme. All these guys do it. All of them, you know, the play kick, the same the exaggerated way. kick, Barrett. Yeah, exactly. And it gets them out of their stances fast. I mean, he created a, a six foot, no, six foot eight, 360, 370 pound monster at left tackle. Landon Dixon comes in. He's, you know, first time Pro Bowler. Center's a Pro Bowler and, and future Hall of Famer. The right tackle's a future Hall of Famer. Jason Peters, a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he has something. I mean, I know you can't drink the water in Philly now. But I want whatever <laughs> they're drinking at that Novacare system. <laughs> and, and the history of the Eagles, which you know, you were a part of, uh, for years and years and years and years, they had many good offensive linemen, but not like this. I mean, right. the Pro Bowls, the 
the Hall of Fame. It, it, it has completely turned the corner. And saying all that, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because you mentioned some of those names that Halapuli Bati Baitais, which I love saying, so I'm going to say it. Halapuli Bati Baitai. <laughs> I had to give you an opportunity um, to say it. <laughs> Matt, Matt Pryor, who I said on this show, I remember telling Jody, they're going to trade him. They're going to get something for him. Not a lot, but they're going to trade him. And they did, and he was able to start at left tackle for and it didn't work out that well. Uh, you mentioned Nate Herbig, a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Isaac's, though, Isaac's a really good player. Yes, he is. And yes. it took him, but you know what? It took him a while to develop into that. Um, not saying they love Cam Jurgens. Mm-hmm. You know, two, three years down the road, it might be at center, it might be a right guard. Um, he might be Isaac Samalo. But is it unfair to expect him to play at that level day one? I think there's got to be a little bit of a ramp-up period. You know, I thought they were going to make it uh, a competition because, I mean, Suopet has been there for a while. He's been a guy that they, they don't mind putting in on extended periods of time at the guard position. Now, they'll start him, and they won't just start him a game or two. They'll start him for as long as he keeps the position, you know, until – the, um, the starter gets back. So I know they love Suopeta. He'll be competing. I also think Jack Driss will get his run at um at, at, at the you know guard position. Maybe he beats out Cam Jurgens. So, the, I mean, the position's still up in the air. You know, you got to pistol somebody as the starter, and they really love Cam Jurgens. So I, I see why they're going to go out and let him have the first chomp at the bit. You know, he they, they want him to play. They want him to start. They drafted him to start center. When you can sign back the best center in the league, even though he's old as Bethusa, you know, but he, <laughs> he, you know, he, he, you still got to let this man play. So as long as Jason Kelsey plays, Cam Jurgens will be uh, starting somewhere because they like him that much. Does he deserve it? We'll see. We'll see. But I mean, I think he's just a natural guy that has everything that Coach Stalin loves in a player as far as the ability to block at the second level. Um, can pull, you know, uh, very well, moves very well in space. And all these things are things that, you know, Coach loves, you know, Coach Stalin loves to do because he has athletic guys. And, you know, I think getting the reps now and hearing, you know, Jason call the, the you know, the defensive fronts and where the blitz is coming from and, you know, and, and I mean, because, like, we really don't see how much Jason Kelsey does when he's in, you know, sitting at center and he's looking around, he's seeing the blitz and, Maybe, you know, he, the hot guy is, is 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 a guy that he could pick up, so he'll redirect the the call. Like, if they're coming from the right side, and he calls the mic to the right side, but then he looks over and sees the safety slide over a little bit and the linebacker slide over a little bit, he knows where the blitz is coming. He'll call, instead of calling Ray Big, he'll call uh, Liz, Liz, Liz. Liz will cha- change the whole blocking pattern, tells him go to this this left, li- left side linebacker, and then they'll call protection there. Take that off the quarterback. And now, you know, the read is not going to be as fast for, for Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts' progression of being the player he's become has a lot to do with what Jason Kelsey did. Now, Cam yeah. Jurgens can see this type of stuff and make that natural transition from being a starter at guard into that center position whenever um, the ageless one thinks he's going to retire. And I want to jump to the other side of the ball, Barrett, the guys you just have to go against, the defensive linemen. Um, going back to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, the Eagles rotated in six defensive tackles. And their defensive tackle, when they're in the four-man front, is different than when they're in the five-man front. But 
what we would standardly think of as defensive tackles. You had uh, two young guys in Davis and in Milt, two veteran guys and one who got paid big time, Hargrave going out of town and Fletcher got paid pretty well to stay. And then you got the two guys that they took off the scrap heap and they came in and uh, certainly contributed in Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph. That's six. Right now, this team is down to three yes. because they haven't brought back either of the two old school guys. And of course, Hargrave goes to San Francisco. So they need to still add to the defensive tackle mix. And we believe that they will. How much of how he's thinking is we're going to lean on Milton Williams to be that much more this upcoming season. He's going to get more reps that he's going to, I'm not going to say he's going to move into the Hargrave role and get those numbers of reps, but certainly more than he did. How much are they expecting out of Milton Williams, you think, this year? That's definitely a sound concept to go with with that line of thinking because, you know, he's he's definitely the guy that, uh, given opportunity, he's played well when he was given opportunity. He was able to get pressure on the quarterback. You know, he didn't get a lot of sacks, but he got pressure on him. You know, he got hits on quarterbacks, you know, and they weren't late hits. He's almost there, but almost, you know, it's not, you know, hand grenades or horseshoes. You know what I mean? you got to get there. Do they have confidence in him? Do I have confidence in him? I have a lot of confidence in him being a really good player. The only thing right now that I'm thinking about as far as how they're going to be able to play this game. Like, no, the, you know, don't get it twisted. I really think that Howard did a, a, a great job. And I'm giving him a B, B plus for what he's done in all season. He signed back his best, you know, the best, I think, tackle in free agency that he could get for the bang for the buck. And that's Fletcher Cox. Say what you want to say. He's old, whatever. He's still right now our best defensive tackle. So do I think he's overpriced? I don't know when you're asking to be your best defensive tackle. You know, I mean, that's like the going. I saw guys that just run stoppers getting, you know, twice as much as what what, what, uh, Fletch got. So I really can't complain because that's like the going rate with good defensive tackles these days. You see, you know, what Hargrave's got. But when I look at what is Sean Desai going to run? Now they're saying that he's a 3-4 guy. So that means that the tackle's going to be lined up head over, over over the ends. I mean, over the tackles. The ends over the tackles, then you have that nose sitting right there in the middle of defense. Do I think that uh, the big fella inside can make things happen. Jordan Davis, he has to take that next step. Do I think he's going to take that next step? I got some confidence in him that he's going to take that next step and be that dominant. Because in order to play a traditional 3-4 defense, you need a guy in the middle. You need a guy uh, like, you know, what I what I played with up at, up at, um, up, up in, with the Steelers, Casey Hampton. Casey Hampton made everything. You talk about, you know, those linebackers, you know, Larry Foote, you know, uh, Potsy, you know, those guys – played were able to play as good as they played in the middle of that defense because you had one guy that could eat up three blockers and that's exactly what Casey Hampton did that's what Sarah Goosa did you ask you asked Ray Lewis why was he so good he'll tell you the late and great Sarah Goosa was exactly what the doctor ordered as far as keeping a guy keeping the offensive line occupied and trying to block him and and and, and gobbling up space if we can get that from Jordan Davis if a traditional three four will be good but I think it's gonna be a little bit of hybrid they're going to play in over and under front in a three, four front, which means those defensive ends are going to be guys that are going to rush the passer. Now, do we have guys that can do that? Yes, we do. But will these guys develop on the inside? I need to see what Jordan's going to do. Um, nobody's really talking right now about Marvin Wilson. He might be a, you know, casualty award. Does he step it up? Um, you know, on the other side, you know, Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu, can he step it up? 
those guys are the guys that we penciled in right there. Do I think Milton Williams will step it up? I, I have not the slightest worry about Milton doing that. I think he will play very, very good. But those other guys got to step it up a little more than Milton does. Um, I think Howie let the cat out of the bag. They're not changing defense. It's a big Fangio scheme, Barrett. They're playing the same defense, <laughs> 50, 40. Uh, they need the nose tackle. You're going to have your four-eye guys. You're going to have your edge rushers. Uh, Hassan Reddick, they're not changing. Look at these season Hassan Reddick had. Uh, so I think you're right with the fact that essentially Milton has got to be penciled in for Javon Hargrave. Now, you know, Fletcher's going to be part of that as well. I'm with you. I don't understand the hate for Fletcher Cox in Philadelphia. <laughs> right. I mean, this guy's one of the best defensive players in the history of the franchise. Oh, look at look at he's, But he's, it's, he's, it's he's, not easy. <laughs> Here's why. Because, yeah, from time to time, I come down on the uh, ask the Fletcher question. It's not hate. We we all acknowledge how good Fletcher has been. He's going to get his jersey retired. No, maybe all those uh, eagle honors. It's just individually, year to year, the amount of money that he's costing the Philadelphia Eagles. You can realistically say, yeah, I don't think he's worth the contract that he got. Now, does that mean, oh, Fletcher sucks? Why the f- did we resign Fletcher? Nobody's saying that. But if you in any way question the fact that of all the moves that Howie Roseman has made this year, if you had to say one guy got more money than he earned off the uh, season that he had last year, who would be that guy? I asked you both, John and Barrett. Who's the guy who got paid by Howie Roseman this year that you would say, well, that's a little bit more than I thought he was going to get off the season he had? Well, you get that. You, you're absolutely who, right. Who would be that guy? Please tell me the guy on the Eagles who Howie signed this offseason who fits that criteria. I, I don't think he signed anybody for over – like Fletcher was going to get twelve million from the Jets, uh, he got him for ten million. Bradbury was going to get three, two, three million more elsewhere. He got him under value. He got Slade to come down. Um, I don't think he 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 paid anybody over uh, that. That was the whole part. He was very disciplined. Obviously, with the lottery tickets, he's not paying those guys anything. Right, right. But he, but he talked about Fletcher yesterday. He said, "I don't," and he said, "I don't think I understand the negative uh, perception of Fletcher Cox. I think Fletcher is a great player. He had seven sacks. I don't know how many defensive defensive tackles in the league had seven sacks last year, but not many. Javon was one. So I'll ask you guys this, both you guys." Would you rather pay Javon $21 million or Fletch $10 million? I think that's a better question. Well, then you look at Javon, yeah. Javon's, Javon's a great interior pass rusher. Great. But he's not good against the run. I said that also. I mean, he's yeah. great. Yeah. Double-digit sack guy against the pass. But you can get that same production out of Fletch. He had seven, you know. I mean, four. Well, I don't sack. think he. I don't think he's getting to 11, 12. Where was Javon? Eleven. Yeah, I don't think 11, he's getting that yeah. high. But I think he's a more well-rounded player. He I think do he anything gets to run. Yeah, and that's why they had a problem. That's why they had to bring in those big guys because he didn't play well against the run. He could be double teamed and 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 you know you, you can double team Fletch and Fletch not move. He can root hog and sit there. You didn't get that with Hargrave. You know that's why they had so much, so many problems against the run. So many times you watch um, Hargrave jump a gap and then he's out the play. You've got to be able to root hog and sit there, and 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 especially with the 
you know, say I'm not not safeties. They're the same size as our safeties. You know what I'm saying? The linebackers we have this year. Kobe yeah. Dean. Yeah. They are safety. Yeah, yeah, they might as well be safe. Yeah, he's not He's not 230. He got him listed at 230. Um, 5'11", 230. He's about 5'11". He'd probably be a good 220, maybe 217. And then the other guy, Morrow, at this point, even smaller. He's just taller, six foot, 215. By the way, that was my guess, Barrett. That was my exact guess, 217. Two <laughs> seventeen. So how do you stop? You talk about stopping a run. I mean, those are two small guys. Now I understand the Kobe Dean. He's smaller. He's compact. He's a little thicker than Morrow is. But Morrow has the experience of playing in the league. And you know, I, I really think the Kobe Dean is going to step right in and 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 be an impact player. He's going to be a good linebacker. You know, not great just yet, but a good linebacker. But what, I mean, what do you do? And everybody's talking about you know CJGJ, and they go out and sign Edmonds. They got a better player in Edmonds than you had in CJGJ. No. Yes, absolutely. Yes. At you, the position, you really the believe safety, that? I, I I wholeheartedly believe that because you're going to get a consistent safety, and you know, because go back and look at the interceptions that that CJGJ. We got all enamored on his ability to go out and play, um, and, and get those interceptions. Look who he got him against: backup quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? He's still learning to be a safety. You're going to see a drastic, drastic difference in what you saw in this system than you so, saw. Than uh, well, I'll say this, Barrett, because I agree. He's a more consistent player. Yeah. But CJ's a splashier player. Um, we're just the same, a, a little bit the same we were talking about with Fletch versus Javon, different mm-hmm. levels. But um, he he's a much more consistent player. Yeah. He's not a bit for, you know quarters post safety they want left and right they don't want strong and free um i was surprised they signed terrell Edmonds, but bigger than that why didn't he get paid you know it's not just the eagles it, it, there's 31 other teams they got him for two million dollars i'm with you he was 33rd whatever it was in pff rankings he started Five years on a on what's typically a good defense. Yep. So what what are we missing? Why is he not getting paid? I asked Jody that I, yesterday. I'm like, why isn't this guy at least getting four or five million a year? Because he's not necessarily yet a safety. He's still he's still. No, I'm not talking uh, about CJ. I'm talking oh, about Terrell. Terrell. Yeah. Uh, you know they paid they paid Michael Mika Fitzpatrick. They can't pay him and play pay Edmonds. You right. know, well, I agree like John with just that. said, there's 30 other teams but here, Barrett. That, other ones. Not just the Steelers, the 31 other teams he can yeah. negotiate with, and he got less than two million uh, from the Eagles. They, he also has relationships. Also, he also has a great relationship with guys on this team. He actually played in a charity um, softball tournament yeah. Yeah, this summer did. that I played in with him, and had you know a lot of healthy conversations with him, good conversations with him. Him talking about his future a little bit, you know, he he wants to play in a winning organization. Sometimes as a player, you want to go somewhere and you're going to get a lot of notoriety at what you do when you're winning as opposed to if you're losing. And we must say that even though, you know, they snuck out and got a winning record this year, the Steelers defense was not the Steelers defense of old. And a lot of time he got overshadowed because of he had because he had uh, he had um, um, Mika Fitzpatrick in the secondary with him. You saw the way he played, break down the film and what he played. And that's what I did. I went back and looked at it. 
He played well. He's the closest we're going to get to a guy that plays like Malcolm Jenkins that we've yeah, had since they, he left. That's my – did they want that? I mean, they, they they don't want that in that Bangio defense. They want left, right. They want coverage, safeties, and all of a sudden, I agree. He's more like Malcolm. He lines up. He's more like a chess piece. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to be a Fangio – esque type of defense. Right. I, I, but I how he said yesterday. Well, he how said he, don't expect the defense to change much. Well, I mean, when you looked at it, they didn't play a lot of two high safeties. They played a lot of three cover three, for the most part. You know, well, cover, they spin off. Yeah. The, the, the whole design is don't let the quarterback know pre snap, and and make him take that extra second post snap, and then you spin off in the corners cover three. Cover eight. I think they're going to play a lot of cover eight this year. A lot of invert cover two. That's absolutely insane. That's going to drive people insane. But I think you're going to see a lot of that as well. Barrett, no, you got to run. Uh, We appreciate you coming on for a couple of minutes. Will we be seeing the same? Sam, what what did we decide? Johnny, you said salmon. Baron, what did you say? What color is that, Odie? It is a creamsicle orange. Creamsicle. Yeah. I do like <laughs> the, the old Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> we, we will be seeing that on uh, Sports Take this afternoon here on the Yes, Jacob you will. Yes, you will. Can't wait. And they're, and they're going to they're gonna talk about it also. I, I, you know D-Gun is not going to let this slide. Yeah. Uh, no, he <laughs> is not. Uh, we expect to get uh, fashion Good grades, seeing so. you, Barrett. Haven't seen you in colors. Yes, yeah. Man, you work. I mean, did you did you get a chance to rest any no, yet in the Super on. Bowl? No, man. I keep going. I keep <laughs> I, going. I, keep going and going. I make McMullen earn his keep every single day here on Burger Two Sixty Five. Barrett, great stuff. Thanks, brother. We get you back right. about one, a month man. from now. That is Barrett Brooks. You will see him later today in the creamsicle hoodie on uh, Sports Take and see him all the time on NBC Sports Philly as well. All right. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. That makes us back a Mac. We still got 15 minutes to roll. Uh, Barrett had to run the doctor's appointment. Uh, so we appreciate him coming in uh, for the 20 that he gave us. We've got 15 more to give you here on Birds 365. Stay right here. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today.
plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Guys, coming down the home stretch of a lead-in day to one in which chances are we're going to hear is is it officially logged in or is this still a maybe that Jeff Lloyd's going to talk at the uh, now he's going to talk, um, but I, I don't think you're going to get much from Jeff. You might hear some uniform news, some nonsense like that. People get excited, but uh, he talked after the Super Bowl. He talked uh, talked after the championship game as well, so. Uh, I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, he'll probably get asked about Jalen's extension, but I don't think you're going to get a lot of concrete news from him. Um, I think it's more um, maybe some rules stuff, uh, but Nick will be more interesting. Um, and uh, Howie was interesting yesterday. I think they're the, the bigger headliners uh, this week. See, now if I were out there today, which I'm not, uh, and uh, that that's your ballywick, not mine. Uh, but if I were, um, one thing that I would ask Jeff Laurie is, I would say, listen, I heard on Birds 365, John McMullen today referenced that when Julian takes over the Eagles, uh, <laughs> anybody go there? How many years are you going to continue doing this, Jeff? It's It's a legitimate question, but it's a stretch question. You don't think that comes up today, do you? No, he's been asked that in the past, um, and uh, you know he is—he uh, looks tremendous, but he's uh, past seventy. Um, you know, so yeah, he's seventy, seventy-one. So, um, no, nah, he's been asked that in the past, but yeah, he shows no signs of, of slowing down. Uh, and and he mentioned when Julian came into the organization that. That was part of it, a succession plan, you know, but he's got a lot to learn and you can't learn a lot in a year. So he's not leaving anytime soon. Uh, no, uh, but since uh, we just happen to veer into that conversation today, because we're talking about the Steinbrenners and how things change when it is passed on from 
Uh, and, and it might have, and that's uncertainty. I, people do not uh, realize how good an owner they have in Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, he is, and I see it all the time with GMs. As much as I give Howie Roseman credit, we we brought it up, Jody, with, uh, you know, most people get fired. Most people don't get exiled. And when they're exiled, most people don't get, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you a raise and go travel and do what yeah. you want and go learn from that doesn't happen. Other GMs just get fired and they don't have that leash. And by the way, Howie was asked that question before the Super Bowl. He said he doesn't feel like he has that leash, but he does. He has a leash that other GMs in this league, literally the 31 other ones do not have. For good or for bad. And mainly it's for good. And in case you need to know what the numbers are to prove the point that John is making, which I agree with wholeheartedly, I, I ran these numbers out there earlier in the show. Dead cap money. There, there are two things to dead cap money. Number one is, yeah, it makes it more difficult to put together a team because you just don't have money that you can spend under the cap because you've already pre-spent it and pushed it forward into the future. The other thing that ties to dead cap money, and the Eagles are number one in the NFL. They've got more dead cap money than any other team coming into this year at $46 million. So what's the salary cap? 240-something or what, what did it get up to? 225, I think. 225. So take 48 million right off the top. That's gone. That's money Howie Roseman can't spend because he's got dead cap money accrued from previous deals. The other thing you need to know about dead cap money is the, how you get to that, how you accrue that is you give guys guaranteed money. You write checks immediately for signing bonuses and the like. A lot of teams, and we're talking about the Jalen Hurts contract and Cincinnati being one of them, they don't like doing that. They, they don't have that kind of money. They can't just take out the corporate Bengal checkbook and write a $40, 50000000 million check. Oh, not only that, Jody. If you guarantee somebody 250, you have to put it in escrow that day. So, you know, what, whatever Deshaun wants it, that Jimmy Haslam's very well off. It's not a problem for him. That contract, that's why that contract is such a problem for so many owners in this league for there. Every NFL owner is rich. We all know that. But there are differences between the Jimmy Haslam's and the David Teppers and the Stan Kroenke's of the world who are obscenely rich versus the Mark Davis's of the world. Put the Denver ownership in that group. Denver ownership as well. Uh, And and they are obscenely rich. And some other people are not. Uh, They're just extremely rich. And rich compared to you and me and all of our streamers here on Bird 365. But there's a big difference from saying, oh, you know, the worth of these franchises. I I think a lot of fans misunderstand when they see, oh, the Eagles are worth $4 billion, whatever. Well, you can't go to the bank and take out that $4 billion. That's, That's not liquidity. You have to have $250 million in cash. On that day, if you want to sign somebody to that contract, and a lot of owners don't have that. Right, and that's not part of the conversation with Jalen Hurts because the Eagles are certainly more in the haves than the have-not category. They're not at the top of the have category. John just ran down those guys for you. 
Jeff Lurie isn't in that conversation, but he's certainly closer to that group than he is the Bengals, who are a family-run organization who've been doing it on a shoestring forever. And that is something that Jeff Lurie has always done since he became the owner of the Eagles. He's willing to spend. He's willing to do what it takes to give his general manager the flexibility to be able to cut the kind of deals, do the kind of maneuvers he's done, like I said, with dead cap money going forward, biggest one in the league. You got to pay for that right away because you only accrue that dead cap money when you're giving somebody good upfront money and you're building in years with voidable contracts with voidable years at the back end that you know at some point you're going to have to pay for, but you get cap relief in the moment, in that given year. And that's why the Eagles are in the kind of position to be Super Bowl contenders uh, because they've got that cap flexibility because Jeff Lurie is willing to go there uh, and he is going to talk to the media today out in Arizona. And John and I will be breaking down some of the stuff that Jeff Lurie has to say uh, tomorrow here on Birds 365. All right, I'm up for another show. Are you up for another show tomorrow, McMullen? Uh, Barrett was questioning you. You're not, you didn't get enough rest. You've been no, going man. hard since the Super Bowl. You're not going to just uh, take a pass on it tomorrow, are going you? Going hard since the Super Bowl. Going hard since training camp. Uh, it never ends. The NFL never ends. You get a little lull at the end. Well, the Eagles don't have a mini camp. God bless the Eagles. One of two teams again, by the way, Jody. Only the Eagles and the Bengals not having a mandatory minicamp. So they end a little bit earlier, June 8th, Ooh, June maybe 9th. Maybe that means Jeff Flory's actually overextended. They can't afford to to turn on the lights for minicamp. Yeah, mini camp. I don't think it's is that. Is that why they're not having minicamp? They don't want to have to buy they, all that Gatorade for minicamp? Is, you is know, that it started. It's them and the Bengals? Remember, it started with Nick Sirianni's first year. Remember, Nick was a pretty much an unknown. We know the first press conference. He didn't have a lot of cachet. We still had the the ending of the pandemic. So there was this negotiating to get the guys in for off-season work, the veterans. And they said, well, we'll scrap minicamp as long as you come in and do all this stuff. And they thought it worked out well. And last year they said, all right, no minicamp. And it obviously worked out well. They went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So they're not going back, baby. That's what it is. Well, that's when John McMullen gets his break. He works too hard, but uh, he doesn't have to do minicamp. So compared to the other John McMullen-esque reporters in 30 other cities, they actually have to work for a living that week. Johnny Mac doesn't have to because uh, the Eagles don't. Well, the Bengals guys, James Rappian, he was on our show. The Bengals, they don't have to worry about it either. That's it. Uh, Johnny Mac and uh, Jimmy Rapp. All right, uh, partner, I'll be back here tomorrow. You'll be back here tomorrow. We expect everybody else back here tomorrow. Let's see, there's 349 of you still hanging with us. Thanks for doing just that. You need to watch the full two hours every single day. While you're at it, when you're getting out the door, before you go, hit that like button one more time. Give your boys, Mac Mac, a little love. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time.
on Birds 365. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.